I was thinking to myself, now, the summer's going to be coming to an end soon. I'm going to go on a night's vacation. I think I'll go to Puerto Rico, where I can meet maybe a nice... I used to like girls with dark black hair, olive complexion. I said, I'll go to Puerto Rico, maybe meet a nice girl, and I'll get to visit with the tattoo guy over there. I used to see his work quite often. This man's name was Indigo. He wasn't a very good tattooer, but he was the only one in Puerto Rico for a long, long time. And I would go and visit with him, I thought. So one night, living back in the old neighborhood, I decided to go to one of the two bars where, where my gang used to hang out and have a drink. And there's something I haven't talked about as of yet. My gang. About the same time I was learning tattooing and getting my first tattoos and stuff, at the age 15 to 16, I formed my own gang. In this neighborhood where I lived called Glen Oaks, there were three different corners. Now, my crowd, guys from the age 15 to 18, we hung out on this corner in front of this bar. To the right down one block was a big candy store, ice cream parlor, where the younger crowd hung out. They were 13 to 15-year-old guys. And to the left, down the other way, two blocks, was another bar where the older crowd hung out. They were 18 to 25-year-old guys. They were, they were big guys. They all had, had cars. And, and, and I formed this gang. I said, we need a gang to be strong. <clears throat> so if the guys from Brooklyn or the Bronx came over, we could be prepared to fight. In my first meeting with Lou Rubino, I had asked Lou if he wanted to join my gang. He said no, he had a gang of his own. So anyway, here I go into this bar where, where we used to hang out. I hadn't seen any of my gang for several years now. <coughs> and in the bar is two of my old gang, Benny Santoli and Frank Battaglia. I said, hey guys, Jesus Christ, good to see you guys. And we sat there having drinks and telling each other about our lives and where we were at that point in our lives. I started telling these two guys that I was planning in December to maybe go to Puerto Rico and look for a nice girl and maybe bring her back with me or something. <laughs> My two friends informed me, they said, if you want to go on a great vacation and meet plenty of women, we got the spot for you. Now, Frankie had joined the army, and he was stationed in Copenhagen, Denmark. He got out of the army, he came home, and he ran into Benny one day, and he said, Benny, I want to take you back to Copenhagen with me and show you what." What a real lifetime I had over there in Copenhagen. He said, the women outnumber the men eight to one. He said, it's just such a fantastic place. He says, for $20 American money, you get $144 Danish money. He says, and a bottle of beer is one of them Danish dollars. 
They were called cloners. So they both start telling me about the wonderful time they had and the different bars they would go to where the bars were just packed with women. You had no trouble getting a woman. They said, you'll get laid every day by a different woman every day, two, three times if you want. They said, forget Puerto Rico and think about going to Copenhagen, Denmark. Your money is worth so much more. The people are so damn friendly. They love Americans. They said, think about it. And the three of us sat there drinking and laughing. And they were telling me all about this Denmark. They were writing down for me the names of the bars where they used to hang out. They wrote down the name of a rooming house where I could get a room very reasonable. They said, go there, Eddie. Forget Puerto Rico. While we're drinking there, in comes another member of my gang, a fella called Red Rafino. He was one of the older guys. And he used to pick on us a little bit when we were young. So now there was three of us and only one of Red. <laughs> and we started picking on Red and just having a good time. We all laughed. We got drunk together. I said, I'll see you guys. And off I go. And the next day or two, I bump into my Uncle Jack, who was not only my uncle, but my good friend. He was a great man. Big, strong man. He always looked out for me. We were friends. And I told him about what my friend said about Copenhagen. And he says, well, how are you going to get there? I said, I don't know. I'll fly, I guess. He says, why don't you take a cruise to Copenhagen? He said, that'll be a nice experience for you. I said, you know, that sounds like a great idea. So I started to look into a cruise, and I found a Norwegian ship. The Gripsone was the name of the ship, and that was going to Copenhagen the first week in December. I said, that's perfect. I'm going to book a, a cruise. So I go, and I book a cruise to go to Copenhagen. It was a 10-day cruise, with the first stop being in Finland, the second stop in Copenhagen, and then it went on to somewhere else, Sweden or Germany, somewhere. So I booked the cruise. My father, my mother, my Uncle Jack take me to the ship when it was ready to go. They say goodbye, farewell to me, and on the ship I go. I had to share a room with an old man. There was bunk beds in the room we had. He had the lower bed, I had the upper bed. And on this cruise, at a table where we ate, there was this little fat guy. He looked like somebody choked him. He looked like he had eyes, I used to call him banjo eyes. Looked like somebody strangled him and his eyes were ready to pop out of his head. He was a fat little guy. He was originally from Finland, but he had been living in New York for the last dozen years, and he was going home to Finland for a visit. What a time I had with this guy on the cruise ship for 10 days. This is the greatest vacation I've ever had. I'm going to tell you all about it. I made friends with this guy from Finland. I can't remember his name. I think it was John. I'm going to call him John. Me and John were both drinkers. And at the bar, we met a whole bunch of these guys from Finland that were going to Finland for visits. 
And the Finnish guys were, were a fun-loving group of guys. They, they would drink down their drink, make a toast, say skull, and take the empty glass and throw it into this big fireplace that was there by the bar on the ship and break the glass. They had a little pool on the ship. Guess how many miles we sail each day. And it was a dollar to play. And the prize was was a couple thousand dollars. So we used to all play that. And one day I hit that. So it was my treat for the next couple of days at the bar. And all these Finnish guys, we were having a ball. Skull and break the glass. What a time we were having. On this ship, they had two swimming pools. An outdoor pool and an indoor pool inside down down low in one of the lower decks. Wednesdays it was girls' day, and the girls went swimming in the pool naked. On Tuesdays and Thursdays it was men's day, and they had the pool and they swam naked. On Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, everybody swam in the pool with their bathing suits on. Me and John were drunk all the time. We couldn't tell day from day. One day we decide we're going to go swimming on the inside swimming pool. We think it's men's day. We go down into the locker room, take off our clothes, take a shower, and go running balls ass naked into the pool and jump into the pool to find a pool full of naked women. The women didn't care. They thought it was great. We had a great time. What a time we had on that ship for 10 days. I bought a one-way ticket, not caring about when I would get home or how I would get home. <laughs> Finally, the ship pulls into Copenhagen, Denmark. I get off the ship and I get a taxi. I say to the taxi cab driver, I want to go to this rooming house. I had all this information written down from my friends Benny and Frankie. The cab driver says, what are you here on vacation? I said, yes. He said, would you like to hire me for the week? I said, how much would that be? And he tells me how many kroner. When you break it down for trading my money in for kroners, it was nothing. It was maybe a $20 bill for 144 kroners to hire this man for the week. I said, yeah, sure. So he takes me to this rooming house, and he comes in with me, parks his cab. We go into the rooming house. A woman meets us inside. I tell her I want a room for two weeks, that my friends were here and recommended it. She takes me upstairs into what looked like a large living room. In this living room was many couches, a couple of jukeboxes, and a beer machine, not a soda machine, a beer machine. So the cabbie, he gets himself a beer, he gets me one, and he says, I'll sit down here and wait for you. And I look around on these couches, there's a bunch of GIs and pretty women laying on the couches, half naked, making out, and the woman says, this is the meeting room, and off here are the bedrooms, and she takes me down this little hallway, 
opens the door and she said, this will be your room, and that'll be so many kroners per week, which again was nothing. So I pay her for two weeks. I put my clothes in the room, and I say to the cab driver, I'm ready. Now I want to go to the Evergreen Bar. My friends had two bars written down, the Evergreen Bar, I'll never forget them, and the Dixie Bar. They were a block apart, and the, the laws there in Copenhagen is the bar had to close for one hour a day to clean up. So while one bar closed, you could go to the other one, and vice versa. So you were never without a drink. So the cab driver, he smiles, and we go to the Evergreen Bar, and we, we go in, and to my surprise, not surprise, but astonishment, there was a bar just full, full of women. Jesus Christ, looked like a bar in New York, only it was women, not men. I said, boy, this is the place for me. So we, we have a drink, a pretty little girl snuggles up next to me, and she said, Hi, would you buy me a bowl of soup? I said, sure. So I say to the cab driver, to the bartender, I have American money. Can I change this in here for, for Danish money? He said, sure. So I give him a $20 bill, and he counts out 144 kroners. That's a dollar bill in Danish. He says, now a bottle of beer is one krona. So for $20, I could buy 144 bottles of beer. I was rich. I was in a bar packed full of women. I got this pretty little blonde asking me to buy her a bowl of soup. That costs pennies. I got a cab driver that's going to take me around. I don't have to worry about drinking and driving. I'm having a wonderful time and I ain't even here yet. So we have a few drinks. This little girl invites me to stay over her house tonight. And she writes down where she lives. And she says, you can come with me. We can go now. I says, no, I'm, I'm going to have some fun. We'll go to your house a little later. So now I say to the cab driver, I'd like to go to the tattoo shop. It's down on some canal. I said, I don't have the address, but the man's name is Ole Hansen. Ole, O-L-E. I used to see his work around in New York. He was a very good tattoo artist. So the cab driver says, I know where the tattoo shop is. We have a couple drinks, and we drive down to the tattoo shop. I go in to meet Ole Hansen, who I've seen his work for, for years. And now I get to meet him. I come in and I say, hello, my name is Crazy Eddie. I'm a tattooer from New York City. He says, oh, yes. He says, I see your work all the time. We have plenty of GIs here in Copenhagen. He says, what are you doing here? I says, I'm on a holiday. My friends recommended I come here. That the women are great. He says, oh, we got plenty of women. I says, how come? There's eight women to every man. <clears throat> Old tells me, during World War II, when Hitler invaded Denmark, he killed off all the little boys 
So there were no young men. He said, this is a very big fishing country. And what men are left are all out on the fishing boats. It's very rare that we have a lot of men in town. He says, I'm going on holiday myself next week. Would you like to work here? I says, well, I don't know all. I'm on vacation. We'll see. Hall says, well, let me wash up. He says, I'm going out with you and have a drink and show you a little bit of Copenhagen. I said, okay. I said, I have these lists of bars <coughs> that my friends told me to go visit. He says, have you been to our brewery? I said, no. He says, come on, I'll take you to the two-bar brewery. I said, okay. I said, let's go down to this Dixie bar first. I've been to the Evergreen. I just want to go see what this bar looks like. So me, Ollie, and the cab driver, we go down to the, to the other bar. We're in there having a drink. Again, it's packed full of women. And in comes John from the cruise ship. It seemed the cruise ship was... It stopped in Copenhagen first, and then the second day was going on to Finland. But the ship was going to stay overnight to refuel, restock, or something. And, and they said to John, we're going to be here overnight. If you want to go ashore, go ahead. John had all the lists of the places I was going to visit. So he came to the bar, and here we meet again. I introduce him to the cab driver and to the tattoo man. And the tattoo man says, come on, we're going to go to the brewery. So they take us to the brewery. <clears throat> we get a tour inside the brewery. By now, we're all pretty well smashed. I don't know what happened or how it happened, but we end up getting locked inside the brewery. The tour is over, everybody's gone, and the four of us are in the brewery. There are vats of beer there. We took off our clothes and went swimming in the vats of beer, just laughing and drinking beer and spitting it out. Finally, the cab driver gets a phone and calls the police department and tells them we're locked in the brewery by mistake. The police come down with the keys and get us out of there. Now Ollie takes me to the second tattoo shop. There were two tattooers in Copenhagen. I can't remember the other one's name. I didn't get to see him much just that first night. Ollie takes me in, introduces me. Ollie tells this guy that he's trying to get me to work for him next week. And if he, he succeeds, I should keep a, uh, he should keep an eye out on me. And there was also a fella, a tattoo artist, that tattooed on a boat. The boat, his home base was Germany, but he used to go to all of Scandinavia and park in the canals <clears throat> and tattoo for a week or two and then move on. He had quite an exciting life. Holy takes me down to the ship and introduces me to that tattoo man. And we were just having a great time. Back we go to the, to the Evergreen Bar where that little blonde was waiting for me that wanted the bowl of soup. I said goodnight to everybody. I'll see you later. <coughs> John was going back to the ship. John said it had been a pleasure. 
I'll see you around sometime. Now the little girl takes me home. She says, how long are you here for? I said, indefinitely. I have no schedule. She says, have you seen Tivoli Gardens? I said, no, I just got here today. I haven't seen anything. She says, well, tomorrow we'll go rent a car and I'll take you around and show you Copenhagen. Tivoli Gardens is a big amusement park and you should see that while you're here. I said, okay. I go home with this girl. She takes me to her apartment. We get in bed. I said, this is wonderful. I love this fucking place. This is great. In the morning, we get up. She takes me to a car rental place, and I rent the car for a week. I didn't need it, but it seemed like a good idea. Everything was so inexpensive. I was using their cloners. <clears throat> now, when you add it all up, it was nothing. It was pennies to the dollar. So now I had a car, and I take her out, and she takes me around to, to Eden. They had a lot of seafood, a lot of fish places. <clears throat> they also, on every corner, was a little push cart, like we have hot dog stands. They had little, little stands where you could buy little tiny hot dogs, little tiny snacks of, like sardines and crackers and just little snacks. <clears throat> when I would go to these places, by now I had a, a pocket full of their change, their coins. And I would just reach in my pocket and hold out my hand with all these coins in it. And the guy with the little push cart would take a few of these coins <clears throat> and I would eat. Eat snacks, eat lunch. Anyway, I took the girl out for lunch and I said, I'd like to go back to the bars. <clears throat> In the bar we go, and there's the cab driver. <clears throat> he says, what'd you rent the car for? You got me. I said, well, now I have to. <clears throat> While in the second bar, a redhead comes up to me and says, <clears throat> I hear you have, have a car. Would you mind giving me a ride home? She says, I have a nice apartment, and I'd like to cook you a nice Danish meal. I said, okay. So I take this girl, <clears throat> and we drive to her apartment. She shows me around the apartment, and she proceeds to cook me a meal. While we're eating, her roommate comes in and she introduces me to her roommate. And she says, now I want you to come to my bedroom with me. And she takes me to her bedroom. We get in bed, we have a great time. And she says to me, now do me a favor, go to my roommate's bedroom and, and take care of her, will you? I said, oh, okay. So I go do that. I said, Jesus Christ, this place is heaven. I get up from, from making love with the second one, and I go out into the living room. <clears throat> I get myself a little glass of wine, 
and I lay back on the couch, just thinking to myself, what the hell am I doing here? How come both these girls, on the wall they had cross swords above the couch. They each take a sword, and they put on a little dueling exhibition. They said, we're dueling to see who gets you for later. <laughs> I laughed. I said, I got to escape from me. I got to get back to the bar. Anyway, the two girls go to sleep, and I sneak out of the apartment, go down to the street where I had my car, and I start driving back, not knowing where I am, hoping to find the Evergreen and the Dixie Bar. It's now rush hour in the morning, lots of people out going to work. Everybody drives a bicycle in that country. There's hundreds of bicycles on the street, I crash into a bunch of them. I felt like I was a bowling ball crashing into a bowling pins. All the bicycles were falling down. I said, I'm going to get in trouble. I stepped on a gas, zoomed around a couple corners, and there in front of me was the Evergreen Bar. I said, wow, what luck. So I go into the Evergreen Bar. The cab driver's in there. He says, where you been? I said, listen. Follow me, show me, take me back to the car rental place. I want to take this car back. I shouldn't be driving here. He says, okay. While we're there having a drink, a girl comes up to me and she starts flirting with me. Another girl comes up to her and says, she's with Ola or whatever her name was. You better not mess with her. And the next thing you know, two girls start fist fighting at the bar over me. I said, this place is insane. So the cab driver takes me back. I take the rental car back. I say to the cab driver, take me back to the rooming house. I didn't know where the hell that was. I go in there and I get a, a little bit of clothes, some shirts and underwear and socks. And, and I go back to the bar. And this pretty blonde says, my name is Helga, or whatever her name was. And she says, I'm going to take the ferry across the canal to Germany to visit with my grandparents for the holidays. Would you like to come with me? I said, sure. So she takes me on the ferry, and we go across to Germany. I think it was Hamburg, Germany. And she says, I'm going to go to my grandparents' house. She says, you wait here in this bar. And she takes me in a bar that had a lot of little tables and chairs and little telephones and lamps on the table. She says, you sit here and you'll have a good time and I'll be back in an hour. I said, okay. So I sit down and on each table I had one of these lamps with a big number on it, number five, number seven. And you'd look over at the, at the table and you'd see a pretty girl, and you'd dial number five, and the girl would pick up the phone and you'd chat, and she'd come over and have a drink with you. I said, man, this place is outstanding. There comes the girl back. She says, I've decided I'm going to stay overnight. Come on, we're going to my grandparents' house. They're making supper. So we go to the grandparents' house. Nice little old man. He gets out his best bottle of of schnapps. He says, we have a drink. He says, 
Let me have a drink. He says, you like my granddaughter? I said, yes, very, very much, very pretty girl. He says, you going to sleep with her tonight? I said, oh, I don't know. Oh, yes, he says, you should do that. She's a very nice girl. I said, okay. I thought this ain't like home, for Christ's sake. So I, I spent a night with yet another girl. I spent two weeks there drinking, fucking, and having a wonderful time. <clears throat> After about two weeks, my hands were shaking so damn bad, I couldn't get the drink from the bar to my lips. I had to bend, bend my head down to the bar and sip the drink on the bar. I didn't spend not one night in the room I had rented for two weeks. I said to myself, you know, you better get out of here while you're still alive. So that night, I had the cab driver drive me back to the Roman house. I said, I won't be needing him anymore. I said, I'm going to call the airlines and see if I can get a plane home. So I got the Roman house woman to help me get a hold of the airlines. It was Icelandic Airlines and get me a flight for the next day for New York. The next day, my friend, the cab driver, showed up to take me to the airport. I said goodbye to the city of free love, Copenhagen, Denmark. I said, I will be back someday. And I got on the plane. I wasn't on the plane very long. I ordered myself a drink and said to myself, I must be crazy leaving paradise to go back home. The plane took a stop to refuel in Iceland, the coldest place I've ever seen. The plane landed, and it was a short run from the plane into the airport that wasn't very big. You could put it all in a shoebox. By the time I ran from the plane to the airport, my ears and nose were so numb, it was that bitter cold. But inside the airport, I got a sandwich and another drink. I just, just cried a little tear and said, ah, I'm going home. I'm insane.